0: Welcome to the Rich With Purpose podcast, the finance podcast that's about more than just money. I'm your host, Taborjan Resaya, financial advisor to hundreds of successful clients over the years. In each episode of this show, I speak with other experts in the complex world of money and finance, and together we discuss how you can ensure you make smart decisions with your money. Even more importantly, how to connect those decisions with your values and your purpose in order to achieve everything that is most important to you. Please note that everything we discuss is not personal advice, but general in their nature. For the full disclaimer, please visit our website, richwithpurpose.com.au, where you can also register your details to get access to all our free resources. And please hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. In today's episode, I speak to Clayton Daniel. Clayton is the Managing Director of XY Advisor, a social media platform dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice. What's unique about Clayton is that as the host of the XY podcast, he has spoken to subject matter experts from around the world to uncover the principles, strategies, and concepts that top advisors are using in their businesses. I've had the pleasure of being a guest of Clayton's on the XY podcast twice now, so it's nice to be on the other side of the mic. In this episode, we discuss the evolution of financial advice from its beginnings in life insurance sales to the current move to becoming a true profession. Clayton shares his learnings from the hundreds of advisors he has interviewed. We also talk about the many different types of financial advisors with varying service offerings, the different fee structures that exist, and the criteria that people should consider when looking for an advisor. And make sure you listen to the end where Clayton tells us about his own purpose and how he is going about achieving it. So if you're interested in learning more about the evolution of financial advice, you will enjoy this episode of the Rich With Purpose podcast. G'day, Clayton. Good to see you and uh, have uh, have you on the Rich With Purpose podcast. Welcome. Mate, thanks for having me. I really wanted to talk to you, Clayton, about um, the evolution of financial advice. I think you're perfectly placed to do it, given your background and the number of people that you talk to, not just in Australia, but all around the world about financial advice. And you've got such a good understanding of where advice came from and the transition and the evolution that it's gone through recently. Um but before we get into that discussion can you just give us a quick snapshot of your journey and and uh, and how you got into and then now out of advice into your current
1: role yes yeah, certainly um I, I i did an accounting degree i worked as an as a tax accountant for um a couple of years interestingly my first day on the job was here's an office here's your table start seeing clients no introduction to anything Um, and then there they were just one after the other as the tax accountant and it's a very sort of simple role um, and then over time it became more complex uh, and then I started sort of seeing the same clients year after year after year and then I was doing a little bit of planning by I guess the last year that I was in um, uh, tax that would help them get a lower Tax return, but but the planning involved was really limited to a twelve-month period. Realistically, it was like, ah, well, if you do this kind of thing, and you know, yada yada yada. Um, Around this time, I started working in the same office as some financial planners, and they introduced me to what financial planning was, and I was blown away. So then, I was able to take sort of that interaction, that face-to-face, that relationship style which I'd become accustomed to. and But now all of a sudden I could extend the level of planning that was involved beyond 12 months, but rather over the course of a life. And that was very, very attractive. So I swapped over into financial planning. Um, After a few more years uh, of working in financial planning, I then started my own company. And I, I had that for a handful of years. And during that time, I went from not really knowing what the extent of what financial planning was. And then a handful of years later, just as I exited financial planning, um, I, I had changed my service entirely. Um, it, in fact, it sort of blossomed into this like lifestyle and financial management framework. Uh, s- since that time, I, I sold that company to move across into, uh, I'm now MD of um, XY Advisor, which is a, a peer-to-peer, um, professional development online community. Um, and, and the exposure I've now had since leaving financial advice has probably made me think I could have even done things a lot better if I had the chance to even start again, which sometimes I kind of wish I would.
0: So Clayton, you moved from, uh, giving advice. And then you got out of advice. Why did you get out of advice? Um, in the first place?
1: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. And um, there was a combination of a couple of things, but it was almost along the lines of, uh, I'd done so much work, effort, study. Uh, I, I tried so hard to get to a stage where I felt like I was living in my purpose, which, which I guess as a financial planner is to make um, financial concepts simple right? So if I, what I like to do, you know, if I consider the purpose of my life, it is to make things simple for people so that they make better decisions. Um, and then working in financial advice, it was kind of like, if I can help people make financial decisions that are better because they understand the concepts then they'll get better outcomes. And I did all of this, these hard yards to get to a stage where I was limited with how many people I could help just purely because, I'm one person and you can really look after maybe a hundred, maybe 150 uh, people. And I thought, ah, I I wish I could get more people to understand the journey that I had had. And if anything, perhaps I can help other advisors. Uh, well, maybe not personally, but facilitate an environment where advisors can help each other. And then if, if that drives the positive evolution of financial advice, then, thousands and millions of people get access to better quality of advice. And that, I guess it was the idea that I want people to have great financial outcomes and, and to get great financial advice. Um, there's a chance I can help do that across the world rather than just to a group of 100 and 150 people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And um, that really, really resonates with me um, as an advisor you know, we look after plenty of clients, but one of the reasons I started the podcast, this podcast, is to share all the learnings and experience that uh, uh, I've gained over many years, but also share the learning and experience of people like yourself and others in the industry, and all the guests that we're uh, that we're having on on this podcast. With you know, hopefully, um, hopefully hundreds and hopefully thousands of listeners. Um, uh, over time so that, uh, more and more people can benefit from, from our experiences. Yeah. Now that you've been talking to so many different advisors from all walks of life, what's your view of the financial advice industry? We've been through a lot so far and we'll get into the history and the evolution, but you know, you mentioned that in some ways you wish you, or, or you think you it'd be great to be an advisor given everything that I've learned. Yeah. What does that tell you differently about the industry now than what you knew about the industry when you left as an advisor?
1: Yeah. So um, I guess it would have been around 2007 when I first was introduced. 2006, 2007, when I was introduced to financial planning and um, there was even at, that stage which is only sort of less than 15 years ago there was really only one way it was kind of done what you know at, at least that was the limitation of the people that were introducing me to it and and there was a pretty set structure this is how you get into financial planning and this is how you earn revenue and uh, this is how you deliver advice and um, it was kind of laid out in a very uh, formulaic way, uh, and that since since I'd say the last probably five years, um, I've seen that premise completely destroyed, and uh, and new people are coming to market with completely different ways of um, delivering advice, and you know I get to have conversations with people like you. And you've been doing this for far longer. So if I'd been exposed to um, the way that you deliver advice back from when you started your career, I might actually still be in advice. That I if I if I'd come through a different um, pathway.
0: I appreciate the appreciate the very complimentary, Clayton. Um, and yeah, I think it's I think you're right. I've been super fortunate that pretty much since the beginning of my career I've been really fortunate that, that I worked with some of the best in the industry um, the principles that uh, I espouse now doesn't mean that they're correct but you know when I first got in the industry for, for the last 15 years we've operated on a no commission basis on a uh, virtually non-aligned uh, basis always thinking about clients um, first um, and yes things evolve and change but you know everything i've learned is from other people so you're, you're absolutely right it's it's being in the right environment and whether you're fortunate enough to to land in the right place and learn from those around you um now for the for the listeners clayton financial advice is something that has a has a certain meaning depending on what you've experienced and the listeners will have different views of what they think financial advice is. As you and I know, and you probably more so because you've talked to hundreds of advisors uh, in, your, in your current capacity over the years, um, you know that there's so many different types of advice, but yes. for consumers and for listeners, it's really hard to understand the differences and know um, what type of advice is right for them. Uh, You know, there's so many different types of advice. It's not that one's better than the other. It's what's the right fit for different people. Um, Before that, before we get into those different types of advice, I think it's really useful to talk about where the industries come from, because that can help our listeners understand, you know, the framework that advice sits in at the moment. So if we go back to the beginning of, you know, life insurance sales, investment sales, where advisors were really employed by product providers to sell products um you know we've then gone through a journey of other things happening royal commission uh etc to where we are today can you just uh tell our listeners uh from the advisor that you've spoken to their un- your understanding of, of that evolution yeah
1: certainly um Definitely going back to the beginning, insurance was uh, a pretty amazing concept that came out of. Uh, if I was to take a stab, I could be wrong here, but potentially, um, it was a bunch of uh, archbishops in Ireland or something like that. If you're going back to like the 1600s, and then uh, you know this product of of life insurance um, was a valuable product, you know, especially in a time before, it, you know especially before the post Keynesian economics and the world being flush with cash as it is now, insurance was amazingly valuable because if, you know, if your partner passed away, at least, you know, you were able to raise your children on something. And so that served a really important purpose in society and hence it's been around for a long time and it was being sold as a product, just like a car. And so people go out and buy a car because they need to get from A to B. Well, insurance sort of just covered you in case something went wrong between A and B. Um, and then from there, you, we it, at least here in Australia, um, mandatory uh, superannuation begins, late 80s. Um, and then the same people or the same companies, I should say, that were already selling life insurance just said, hey, we can take on uh amounts of cash as well and we can invest that Um, and so then you had uh, agents who could sell two things hey insurance here but uh, hey if you don't die and you stick around here's some money in retirement if you put money in this thing and so it it was it was now you had a car and a motorbike but it was realistically they were products And, and 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 when we say products it was it was entirely designed to solve a problem and the person selling it was there to sell a particular product it it didn't matter if the person needed a car or a motorbike and it didn't matter if someone needed a Toyota or a Ford or at least they wanted a Toyota or a Ford. It was, I'm a Ford salesman, here's your car. Um, That's changed and in a large way. So um, uh, you know, there was a bunch of, I'd say, and I'm sure you agree to this entirely, there was a bunch of really bad things that happened uh, because of that remuneration model. And so, uh, that so Storm- the remuneration
0: model you're talking about, uh, where advisors are effectively paid to sell products. Yeah, that's what you mean.
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, Storm Financial—that's uh, probably the most well-known publicly. It cost clients billions of dollars, with a B, um, it, it, an enormous amount of money, and uh, and that was entirely based on the fact that. That those planners, the business model that the company operated in was sell a product, get paid commission, essentially. Um, that created the need in this country for a bunch of changes. And there's multiple uh tranches of those changes that have been rolled out over about the last decade. Um and we're we're on the other side of it. Financial planning now looks, smells, tastes, touches. It's 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 a different thing. By mandated by the government. And but but probably most people don't realize that yet. Yeah. Mm.
0: Is it um there's there's still different ownership structures in terms of advice businesses. There's still and, and you know, they they definitely serve a purpose, but you know, there's still a lot of advisors that are employed by businesses that have their own products. Um and uh you know, that's allowed to continue under the current rules. And as I said, it serves a purpose. Yes. Um, Does, you know, where where do you see that fitting in with everything? It
1: just muddies the water in terms of the potential for conflict. While the rules are pretty clear in that technically no conflict should exist, it unfortunately muddies the waters. And these days, uh, advisors are not remunerated even if they are an advisor to a product provider in a product provider um, then they it's impossible to be remunerated via that channel in a more advantageous way uh, with that said uh, if your entire ex- if your entire um, professional experience is limited to a particular ecosystem uh, while there is opportunity to look outside of it it does make it potentially a little bit more difficult than if you um, are are operating within a company that has uh, what used to be formally known as an independent license, but now is known as a private license.
0: Mm -hmm. So we've moved through that, that very sales centric uh, model uh, into, you know, a Royal commission that's, you know, shaken a lot of things up. Uh, I certainly think that, uh, you know, unfortunately it has led to, some really high regulation Um, and when I say unfortunately it's made the job of giving advice that much more difficult and there certainly are some casualties and some really good advisors that uh, you know won't be able to meet the standards necessary moving forward Uh, but hopefully as a whole um, it will mean that consumers After a period of time, and I think the date is 2026, from 2026, um, consumers will know that every advisor they talk to has had to meet a certain level of standards. Um, Of course, you know, as I said, there are going to be some advisors that are, I know some some of the best advisors who are not going to meet those standards, um, unfortunately, and they've got some really difficult decisions to make as to whether they remain in the industry or not. Um, but uh, but I think consumers will have a lot more confidence. Yeah. Um, there's also different ways that advice mm. is given as well. Um, and again, you've talked to so many different advisors out there. Um, a lot of advisors are focused on products. So even though there's not the sales culture, um, the offer that they have, to help clients is to find them a good investment product, a good superannuation product, a good insurance product. Um, and some advisors, if we use uh, industry super funds, for example, which have a really important place in our ecosystem, the advisors that work there, they're limited to what it, they can give advice on. Yeah, um, And that's, that's, again, very appropriate. So they service the members of the fund and they can advise on, issues specifically associated with that fund but they can't recommend other other products so um, it, it's more advice just related to that particular fund um, some advisors give advice purely on Australian equity so a stockbroker is a good example of that a mortgage broker is a good example of a uh, a debt advisor if you like a life yeah. insurance advisor uh, so you know there's the Uh, There's different types of advisors and they all have an important role to play. Uh, We're now seeing more advisors giving advice focused on client goals and clients achieving those goals. And even more than that, um, uh, in in line with the concepts we talk about in this podcast, uh, people seeking advice with life purpose in mind and mm. values in mind. Um so can you talk talk a little bit about uh, your experience talking to different types of advisors that do different things and how you see all of that play out?
1: Yeah, certainly. Well, the word advice I think is very difficult to get your head around because um it's almost a great analogy would be to use the word flight. There the I'll explain two very different pathways to take a flight one person can uh, jump onto jetstar.com purchase uh, the cheapest ticket that's available and arrive at their destination and and think to themselves i just needed this thing completed I need to get from a to b in this case the other person uh, you know uh, gets a concierge to purchase them a, a business class ticket uh, they go to the lounge, at the at the airport they're well looked after they're pampered they're uh you know it's a completely different different experience Uh, the price tags are a completely different experience but we could both call them flights and so if we were to say advice uh it's such a surface level uh, or financial planning it's such a it's such a top line explanation for everything that goes on underneath and because you have budget carriers you have um, first class flights you have or, or every single piece of the the value chain that exists in um, in the aviation industry exists in financial planning but we don't talk about it for whatever reason i, I don't actually know why I, in the medical field it's very easy to separate uh, a you know a podiatrist from a, from a physiotherapist to a surgeon right like there, there are there are things that are, that are easy to access and lower cost and then there's there's more complicated things that require more complicated outcomes and typically more comp you know higher price tags and so no one in their right mind would ever say a jet star flight from a to b is a bad idea or a trip to the a physiotherapist to get your shoulders massaged is is not needed in society oh my God, that would ruin my life if if, if if NIB all of a sudden just refused to start discounting you know, the massages. Um, so, uh, so these things are super valuable in life, um, but it doesn't mean if I need surgery, like I've had uh, hernia surgery, if I'd gone to my physiotherapist for that, then that would have been a huge problem, right? It, 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 because the person isn't qualified for that. They're not interested in doing that type of work. It's not what they deal with. Um, but it's really clear in the medical field who you're dealing with and what problem you, you get. You, that people know, oh, I have this problem. I go to this place. Financial advice is super, super different. It is, there's a whole spectrum of it. It's completely uh, diverse. No, to the point that no two advisors are the same, even within the same company let alone different types of companies, let alone different types of licensing arrangements, uh, let alone different types of services within the licensing arrangements, within the companies, within the individual. And so uh, the level of... Because um, I, 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 it's, it's not confusion. It's probably just obscure. What, uh, what an, a client needs to receive is... To, actually, the, the advice, the flight that someone needs to take is dependent upon what they want, what they value, um, what they're interested in, what their financial situation is. There's a, there's a number of things to look at that will help an individual make that decision. However, getting access to that information is difficult. And it, it is difficult. I, I if I was to go to someone's website, I wouldn't be even myself having spoken to hundreds of advisors. I wouldn't know what I'm looking at. I wouldn't know. So it's, it's impossible to know um, upfront unless you do a little bit of investigation or in this case, hopefully the financial planner has a podcast. You can get to know them upfront. Um, But in terms of the different types of advice that's out there, it's huge. It's very varied. Some is very transactional. Some is very low cost. I'm sure you can probably still get free insurance advice out there somewhere. Uh, undoubtedly, that's probably a business model that still exists and the person and the advisor would, would receive an insurance commission, but here's you know the what thing.
0: they say about free advice, right?
1: Well, <laughs> well, here's the thing. If someone really needs uh life insurance, uh, then it's, and it's available for them to get. And, and we don't, we, we wouldn't want to live in a world where the physiotherapist can't give the massage. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, but it's not,
0: but it's not free, right?
1: Well, it's definitely not free. No, you're, you're exactly right. It's never free. Um, and so, and so on the other end of the spectrum, you've got you know extremely well thought out uh, sort of journeys and discovering what it is that one wants out of life and going through and articulating you know short, medium, long term, uh, you know experiential and emotional and financial outcomes and and really exploring what the what the you know the the top or the most efficient life that someone can live um and hitting all those those um those goals that's a completely different service but that like yourself are advisors out there that are delivering that service and so it it's hugely varied um and it does make it difficult for someone to know before going into the situation and if i could do anything it would be it would be to create a magical service where where you could put in what you were looking for and it accurately found the advisor that delivered that service but I just don't know how that's done
0: Mm, it's a it's a challenge and again for our listeners that's that's one of the hard things and you know we're trying to educate and share the knowledge um, to help people make those decisions a bit better uh your example with the doctors is a really interesting one I've um one of the examples I use um, is that, you know, I had, a, I had a knee operation a number of years ago um, because, uh, you know, I had, a, um, uh, my, I had to have an arthroscope done because of a torn meniscus in my knee just from all the running I've done over the years. Um, now, what I did initially, I used to get, you know, physio and just try to manage the pain. Go and see the GP. Get a bit of Panadol. You just fix that little issue. Mm. Um, I think sometimes what we can do is, and if if it didn't worry me about what the knee is going to be like long term, then I could have kept doing that. You just take take the short term treatment, fix the pain. Um, that's a bit like, in financial advice terms, that's a bit like looking for a solution to a little issue, whether it's what super fun do I use or, yeah. uh, you know, what should I invest in? Right.
1: Yeah.
0: But because I wanted to make sure I do enjoy my running, I wanted to make sure that in 30 years time I can still, you know, use my knee, play sport, do all the stuff that I love. I did go and take a more expensive journey to see a uh, sports specialist, get the knee operation cut my knee open, did the arthroscope, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and because the surgeon understood it, the surgeon asked me, how important is it to you? What do, what do you want your knee for in the future? Yeah, You could keep doing what you're doing and you'll be fine. You're not going to die, right? You'll be fine. But do you want to be able to continue to do the things that you're doing physically at the moment and how long for? And because of that, he recommended, I think you should do X, Y, and Z. So the in financial planning terms, again, you can find a good super fund, you can find a good investment. But as, as we've said, for those, and that's totally suitable for some people and that's all they want. Yeah. But we're finding more and more that people are interested in achieving goals, people are interested in something bigger than just money something more about what's important to them what is yeah. their values what is their purpose and there are um advisors that uh you know focus on that level of advice not because it's for everyone but because it does add significant value and help people to achieve go to Definitely. that next level um so that was just one example that
1: now it's a really there. good example to, and uh the fact that your doctor asks, what do you want to use your knee for? That's such a great question, right? Because, um, if you go to the, if you're just paying a physiotherapist each week or each month, whatever it is, uh, and they're solving that rudimentary issue, the pain, um, then you, you know, your, 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 perce- the perceived goal is being reached. Uh, the perceived service is being delivered. Um, but the underlying real, I guess, uh, journey to to solve what you're actually trying to solve wasn't getting looked at. Now, thankfully, you're, you were in a, a sort of a financial position to be able to pursue that, which not everyone is, right? Not everyone is all the time, is able to do that. But again, if you're in the financial position to do it, and you're not uh getting your knee looked at properly then that's crazy I, I got a mate that's a doctor and uh and he trades stocks right and and i just said you shouldn't be doing any of this <laughs> you, you, <laughs> I, was like, I was like you you're a very important person go save lives um but you, you need a financial planner and and you need someone and and because and because he's so um intellectually goes oh What's a financial planner going to do for me? Meanwhile, he has this amazing wife, right? He has this amazing wife that engages with money in a completely different way, right? She's, she's, she has, she, she engages with money in a very typical way that most people engage with money, which is emotional, which is fear, greed, which is, you know, I have worries, I have concerns. um, I'm excited. Uh, She's, she's emotionally in charge, like engaged with money and I just said to him, look, even if you get nothing out of the conversation, right, which you kind of need to placate to doctors because they, you know, they're, they, they, they're very intelligent. Uh, I said, but your your wife, she might not engage with money the same way. And maybe she would really appreciate engaging with money in, an, in a different fashion. And I think that kind of brought him around to the conversation.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting um, where we deal with clients a lot or people a lot and talking about their money issues um we don't always know what we need either and so um yeah a good advisor a good surgeon um a good interior designer will do a really good job of helping you understand what you're trying to achieve Mm. so that you can make a good decision um so, so so, that's really, thanks for that chat, Clayton. That's really good. We've talked about different types of advisors and the key takeaway for me, it just reminds me that there's lots of different types of advisors, there's lots of different types of people. They all serve a purpose. The most important thing that our listeners should take away from this is that whoever you're going to deal with, make sure they're the right fit for you. Make sure that your advisor is going to help you achieve whatever it is that you want to get out of the relationship. Yeah. And by doing that, um, you'll, you'll have a better experience. So it's good to understand different types of advisors. Can you tell us a bit more about different fee structures? Because that's something that is really hard to understand as well. As you just mentioned before, you can get free advice, but as we know, nothing's free but you can get really expensive advice. You can get, you know, different ways that fees are structured. Um, in my view, I don't think any of them are right or wrong. I just think that it's important to know how they operate and, and what they might mean. So, again, just from your experience of talking to so many different advisors using different models, can, can you give our listeners a bit of a sense of the different things they should be aware of?
1: Yeah, certainly. So the traditional uh, in, well, revenue model for an advisor was commission. So uh, you know uh, the client pays the product, the product pays the advisor. Um, now that that's is the,
0: that's the free model that you talked about.
1: <laughs> yeah, correct, correct, correct. Um, and so uh, so those commissions still do exist in life insurance and in and um, in investments and superannuation no longer exist are oh, they also still exist in mortgages um but a, a lot of financial advice now is moving to uh what's called fee for service or, or or in in land beyond financial planning uh you pay pay and receive so like the rest of the world um and so when you're paying a fee there are a couple of different ways that's done most commonly it's percentage-based or it's a flat fee. Sometimes it's a combination of both. Um, so for example, when I was an advisor, I had a flat fee and then a percentage-based fee. Um, I'm not sure what I would do these days. Uh, it, it, a lot of the times I find advisors sometimes overcomplicate fees because they're trying to be as fair as possible. Whereas simplicity is sometimes easier. And so a flat fee just says, look, um, I'm go- I, do- I know how much work this is going to take me. I know the outcome that you're going to get. So that's how much it's going to cost. Other, other advisors say, you've got you know X amount of dollars in funds. Uh, I'm going to be taking on a risk by investing a lot of funds. Um, so I'm going to take a percentage um, of what your total uh, funds under management are. I tend to agree uh, there's pluses and minuses on on all of those options. Um, I don't particularly think out of out of what I just mentioned, there's there's ones that are inherently right and wrong. Potentially, you could argue conflicts. I guess um, to the cows come home, but I guess it, the most simple one is probably um, you know hourly rates. And but however, even at that stage, you could quite argue that. Do, i mean it's the taxi driver right does the taxi driver take longer because he's getting paid you know it's so it's there's so, conflicts
0: in all of the models isn't there it's there, uh, there
1: is there is not yeah. I, I mean the the moment you pull five cents out of your pocket and buy a lolly at the corner store there's a conflict there so so there's no there's nothing that has no conflict um i i think and I, the way that i sort of think about it is judge how simple or complex your situation is judge uh what outcome you want to achieve and the more the more complicated your situation and the more that you want to achieve you're probably going to pay more it's kind of as simple if you get it down to that really basic concept
0: Mm, that's a that's a real good way to think about it i like to yeah also think about it from a complexity perspective and a um I think what you said then, yeah, spot on, you know, what you're going to get out of it or the other way to, uh, and David Heinz, who uh, will be uh, a guest on, on, on our podcast as well. Um, I worked with Dave for a long time and he always says, you know, um, cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Yeah. So I think the advisors that get it right really focus on making sure that if you're going to charge a fee, you better be damn sure that you're adding value for the client. Um, and so, if a client's got complex affairs and they want to achieve things that are really important to them, mm. then achieving those things totally is valuable, massively. Uh, so, again, there's no right or wrong, um, and and that's where sometimes people don't need. You know, too complicated advice. If they yeah. need really simple advice, and they don't have, asper not not that they don't have aspirations, but they're pretty comfortable just figuring things out themselves. Then, you know, they they actually shouldn't be paying, uh, you know, for a service that's delivering on something they don't want or or are going to benefit from. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really good Clay. Yeah. So there's, in summary, there's, you know, there's lots of different ways that advisors charge again for listeners. If you are thinking about getting advice, it's important that one, you know, what the fee model is that you want to have transparency. Yes. And secondly, you just want to make sure that it's aligned with what you want. Yeah. So, you know, we've already it's pretty complicated. It's pretty hard for consumers <laughs> to to pick it an is. advisor or know or know what they're getting and why they're getting it. Yes. Um, what's you know are there are there some minimum things that that our listeners should look out for? I know that there's been a whole lot of changes throughout the industry. Uh, you know, going back the last twenty years, thirty years, there's been constant change and this move to professionalism of advice um we know that in 2026 that's a particular date um of course until that time it's still a bit murky so are there things that you can point to that people should look out for when trying to find an advisor that's right for them
1: yeah goodness gracious that's a hard question to answer um uh if I go through every single sort of element, whether they're there, it's aligned or if it's private and experienced or, 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 you know, younger um, degree or no degree. um, A lot of these things, I mean, ultimately, like, I feel like you've got a, you've got a better chance, right. In terms of percentages, Yes, you've got a better chance of, of getting the outcome you want when, when the advisor is more experienced. That that, you know, it when the advisor has a degree. Um, there are basics. However, it's not to say that um what I would probably say mandatorily is because the advisor is such an important person in someone's life, and it genuinely is, it's all it's almost like having. Uh, a guiding light for the outcomes of your family, right? Like you can't really get a more important uh, person in your life. And so I would say the mandatory thing is um, that, that, that what they stand for resonates with you and, and that you can see um, you would be, you, you connect with this person with what the, they stand for as an advisor. Um, and so at its most basic, you know, if you want something basic, then someone and, and an advisor does something basic and they stand for what you want. Great. If they stand for something that that advice is life-changing and that's what you value. Then, uh, then that is the kind of advisor that you should have. It's 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 the resonate with, not just getting sold to, not not just going to a meeting and them talking you around. I mean, like ideally, have some exposure to who the advisor is before you ever go into the office, before you ever meet them. Um, know what they stand for, uh, know what they deliver, and and then understand that that. That's probably the that's probably the level that you're going to um, engage with an advisor at its most pure is what does that person stand for what what do I want and how closely those two things align.
0: Yeah, that's that's really important, isn't it? I I, I call it I like to call it the right fit. Yeah, um, and but you've articulated that really well. Um, I know whenever we talk to people who are interested in getting advice, the the one thing we say is we need to figure out, you need to figure out whether we're the right people for you. You need to like yeah. us. You need to have the right values that you're aligned with, as you said. Um, and we also need to make sure that that we're a good fit for for you. Um, and, and, you know, we've been doing it a long time, so we're in a pretty good position to know whether a client is going to be a good fit for us or not, or in fact, whether one of our colleagues would be a better fit. And um, uh, that's, that's certainly really important. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's really helpful Clayton for people to understand the complexity of advice firstly, but uh, then going on to some of the little tools, some of the little tips to, to to what they might need to think about can you tell me a bit about this concept of goals-based advice so that's not something that you know I think I think most people out there and our listeners will understand that advisors can advise on superannuation investments um, insurance you know, debt management, cash yeah. flow, yeah. the products, and some of the strategies, how to save tax and stuff like that. Yep. Which in my view is really important. Like a, a good advisor to has to has to be able to do it, right? Yeah. Tickets Absolutely. to the game. Yep. The hygiene. It's the hygiene yep. fact. It's just got to be done. Yes. Um, but not many people are aware of the concept of, well, there's two things. One is goals-based advice, and the other one is purpose-driven advice uh which are things that are not not really talked about a lot um can you tell us a bit more about goals-based advice there's one of our colleagues in the industry Fraser Jack who uh you know runs the goals-based advice podcast and uh he talks to a lot of advice about this concept so can, can you tell us about what you've learned from advisors that work in that space
1: Yes, certainly. I think it probably stems from um, life planning or or from a psychological angle rather than from a product delivery angle. So um, rather than, you know, I'm an agent for a company and I've in one jacket pocket, I've got superannuation. The other jacket pocket, I've got insurance. um, And which one do you want? I I sort of take their jacket off and say, um, what do you want out of life? Right, so it's a completely different conversation, um, and and it's and it takes, on behalf of the advisor, it takes a lot more work to learn to be able to adequately uh, solve the answers to those problems, and, and that's that's a huge part of the of the story. Is is you know you can, the, in the media it says you can become an advisor in a week or something like that, right? Get a qualification well, hopefully it's not that anymore and it certainly won't be in the future, but there was a time where that was possible. And it's it's kind of like, well, no, that, that they got their little ticket to be able to sell the product, but I, I would never stick them in the same room as anyone I know, right? And 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 it takes a long time and a lot of conscious effort to become the kind of advisor that is able to ask that question and then actually have a list of items that the client probably isn't even considering up their sleeve to be able to solve that problem, right? And so it, it comes at it. Goals-based advice is coming at an individual's life with the concept that whatever your problem is or, or, or whatever it is, that that's probably not the best way to put it. Whatever the desires that you have for your life As the premise of our conversation and then we're going to do what we can using money and also you know and using all these uh, tools that we have um but also walk the the individual through achieving those goals and so it's not only a situation where someone's in a better financial position they're actually in a better headspace because an advisor is going to be asking questions that that person probably hasn't even asked themselves, which is an amazing concept and it's amazing experience as an advisor to sit there and ask someone, oh, what do you want? What's your purpose in life? For example, moving into purpose-driven advice, that question is the most intense question that you can ever ask someone. And you, and, and an advisor isn't going to ask that question and then say, Oh, that was interesting. Anyway, moving on. uh, Here's my superannuation product up my sleeve. No, like if, if an advisor is going to ask that kind of question, then they need to have spent the time figuring out how they can help the client deliver on that and how they can help the client um, actually take some, some practical steps to achieve that short, medium, and long-term. And, and so and so it comes from that life planning sort of concept, that that uh, that psychology concept, where it's that human first um, approach, and then using all of the financial tools, but also the the experience of the advisor uh, to help the individual achieve what it is that they want out of life. Which is an amazing. It's an amazing. Um, step up from traditional financial planning yeah
0: mm-hmm. it's it's certainly something that again i've learned from uh you know those before me uh about being able to add value for people by having those purpose-based advice uh questions uh, and discussions and um yeah again it's not for everybody uh, but uh for some people it's it fits right in with the theme of this podcast rich with purpose Um, and and you know as as you will know from the introduction episode um, and other episodes uh, uh, our focus is on helping listeners uh, understand whether or not they want to go down that path of really thinking about their purpose well Clayton as as we finish up this podcast uh, this is a podcast about purpose it's about how we can enrich our lives by focusing on our purpose and our values. And we know that different people have a different way of thinking about their purpose. No two people are the same. Totally. And not only that, one's purpose can change and evolve at different times in their life. So, you know, given your experience and uh the changes in your career and everything that you've seen and all the people you've spoken to in advice in particular. I'm really interested based on your journey so far. How do you think about your purpose?
1: Yeah, it's that is such a big question. I, I'll never forget launching my financial planning company uh, at, at 29 and I think 50 weeks years old, just before I turned 30. And then uh, for the first time, because I'd been so focused on getting to that stage for so long, once I'd hit it, I, I actually hit like a real bump in my momentum in life. And I, I'd i arrived at the place that I'd worked so hard to, to achieve. And so I ended up hiring, you know, this, uh, this mindset coach, right. Um, and I'll never forget our first meeting. And the first meeting was, hi Clayton nice to meet you what's your purpose in life like it was just
0: wow damn
1: like a semi trailer hit me and I'd never been asked that question before and it was so confronting Um, but I was pretty dedicated to answering the question and yeah so like I think I may have even mentioned it earlier on, on the podcast but it's to help people make better decisions just by simplifying things and so, if I can get good information in front of people, I feel like that they can live better lives. And I think it comes down to like, I grew up in a really um, small town, and uh, like no no one no one had money. Like my entire community, there was just no one that had any money. And then, sort of as I as my career progressed, and you know, I ended up here in beautiful Sydney. And um, I mean, at one stage when I had my financial planning business, I, I literally you know, thirty floors up in in martin place right it was it was the, that that sort of where i'd come from to where um i was at the time uh was so stark uh that i I have, I have this innate desire for people just to do as well as they possibly can and it's oftentimes that information um and experience uh doesn't allow people to end up living you know their best life so to speak and um And so if I can do my job in helping get information in a, in a more succinct and easy to understand way into the minds of as many people as possible so that they can, they they have the tools to, to do better in their life. To me, that's such a huge uh, reason to exist. And that that's my purpose. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's awesome. Clayton. And uh, you know, you're doing some, an awesome job with the XY network and uh, uh, sharing the knowledge from, you know, around the advisory industry so that advisors can then go on to to help their clients. Yeah. So, you know, you're doing a great job of that. And uh, thanks so much for coming on, uh, on the podcast today. Uh, hopefully, the knowledge that you've shared and the discussion that we've shared uh, will help the listeners um, too. Uh, you know, get to where they want to get to and think about hey, that, how they want to achieve the things that are most important to them. So once again, thanks very much and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. Mate, thank you very much for hosting. Me. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our aim is to share the knowledge with as many people as possible. So please share it with everyone you know. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and visit our website richwithpurpose.com.au to get access to all our free resources. See you next time.